Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Amber Wilson in for Key and Jay, but the man's got me working on Juneteenth. Outrageous. Nuno, explain yourself. That, I had nothing to do with that. Dan Graziano, ESPN NFL insider, with us now. Morning, Graz. Morning, Max. Amber, how you doing? Well, that's some vicious delay we're dealing with here. Um, Hello? Okay. No, no, it's good. I'm going to send a postcard, Dan. Just uh, write your response. (laughs) I'll send it self-addressed envelope. What's... (laughs) Pony Express. Yeah. What's the latest with DeAndre Hopkins uh, going to the Patriots? By the time Dan responds, he'll be on the Patriots. Go ahead, Dan. (laughs) Yeah, went to that visit in New England last week. I'm told it went very well. There's mutual interest there. It's just a matter of DeAndre Hopkins kind of taking some time now and and assessing his – you know, his market and seeing if any more market develops. He was in Tennessee earlier in the week. That visit went well. Uh, they have interest also. It, it's just the timing, Max, right now with mini camps over and training camps still more than a month away, there's really no rush to be anywhere. So if DeAndre Hopkins wants to wait and see if other teams get interested, maybe the contract offers go up a little bit, um, you know, that, that could be to his benefit. So, yes, mutual interest with him in New England, that could happen. But at this point, what I was told is uh, each side kind of taking time to assess where they stand and, and uh, what the potential timetable is for a deal. If it went really, really well, I feel like he wouldn't have walked out of that facility without a deal, but I understand he is taking his time. Let's talk about the Giants and Saquon Barkley. What's happening there with their talks? Nothing. Uh, uh, Look, the deadline on Saquon Barkley is July 17th. If if you don't do a long-term deal with him by then, then he has to play on the franchise tag or not play at all if that's his decision. Uh, so I generally what happens is these talks for franchise players kind of pick back up again in that last couple of days before that deadline. Uh, and then sometimes deals get done and sometimes they don't. So I would expect a little more activity uh, closer to that deadline of July 17th. But right now, there has been no movement of any substance on that uh, negotiation here in, in a couple of months from what I've been told. And I think the Giants are okay with him playing on the franchise tag. They would do a deal. There, there are deals out there they would do, but so far uh, it hasn't been anything that Saquon has felt uh, was representative of what he's worth. So, Dan, you know how I feel about that. I hope they get something done, but then again, if Saquon is going to play on the franchise tag ultimately, sure. uh, I, you know, I suppose that's actually the smart thing. For, well, generally that's a smart thing for them for a team to do. In this case, it may not be. Time will tell. Which quarterback has the most on the line, do you think, Dan, this, this upcoming year? In the whole league, I think Tua Tungo-Vailoa is the one that jumps to mind for me. And, and the, the issue with Tua is really not, not all the way in his control, right? It's can he stay healthy. And the, the health issues last year were concussion issues, so that's not a matter of, you know, you know, like, like taking care of your, you know, soft tissues and that, and that kind of thing. Like, it, it could be out of his hands. But I do think that with the roster they've built there in Miami that looks ready to contend, the way he played last year when he was on the field, surrounded by those players, I think there's high-end potential there. And if he's unable to stay on the field, 
then if you're Miami, you're this time next year, you're probably thinking about what the other options are. I know they picked up his fifth year option for 2024, but uh, they're not committed beyond that. And uh, and he's got to show he's somebody who can stay on the field and produce the way he did last year. Dan Graziano, ESPN NFL insider, joining us here on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. So, Graz, you are naming Tua in the Miami Dolphins, Tua with the most pressure across the league. I mean, as a Dolphins fan, I tend to agree with that. But also at the same time, I wonder if I'm hyper-focused here on just the Miami Dolphins. I know in Dolphins Nation, we are tired of having the conversation of whether Tua can stay healthy. But is that the only question, though, that you're alluding to? Or do you think that there's still questions there in terms of his accuracy and how good he can actually be? I think we saw the high-end performance last year when he was on the field. So the question, of course, as it would be for any young quarterback that's establishing himself as a reliable starter in the league, is can he sustain it? And the reasons he couldn't sustain it last year were largely beyond his control because of the concussion issues. So uh, I think, yeah, if he's able to stay healthy all year, I think he has to deliver a year that makes him look like the fifth pick in the draft, right? I mean, that, that's, that's who he's supposed to be, and that's a great player. So, uh, yes, I think it's an important year for him. Most pressure of anyone in the league. I mean, it was just the first name that popped into my head. I think it's a good answer uh, because I think that's a team that could be very, very good if everything, you know, if everything clicks, the new defensive coordinator uh, and, and all those great pieces they have there. They're in a tough division, a tough conference, but I think the range of outcomes there is is vast and includes some pretty good stuff if Tua Tungabailoa can be the player he was drafted to be. Could have gone with uh, Aaron Rodgers, Dak Prescott, Josh Allen, uh, Lamar Jackson. Sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, you had a mm-hmm. whole bunch of all good people answers. to choose from. All good you answers. You took Tua Tungabailoa, who plays very well, but, uh, you know, they allowed yeah. him out on the field four days after an obvious concussion that they said wasn't a concussion, and then we got another bad concussion. That's the whole issue with Tua Tungvalu. Well, listen, Dan Graziano. I said it wasn't all in his control. Dan Graziano, with, you know, he's given better answers than Tua, in my opinion, to a question like that. I think it was an excellent answer, Dan. I think that, uh, yeah, Dan's reacting. Thank to you. Something I, said I do, too. Now, given the delay. Dan, it's always a pleasure. I will talk to you later today, I am sure. Go ahead and do this on it. All right. All right. There it is. Dan Graziano, ladies and gentlemen. Amber, I, I would uh, normally keep Dan around a little longer, but I had, I'm just getting back in the mail his answers from when we asked him. There was a vicious delay there. But I want to get into Tua Tungavailoa. You asked if Dan felt it was an issue of performance or just availability. To me, it's clearly just an issue of availability. What is the sense in Miami, though? Availability. I mean, that's the key here. That's why he doesn't get the extension, or we presume that he's not going to get the extension that you would typically absolutely see for a quarterback who you took fifth overall in the draft and a quarterback who has performed. But the reason I ask that question is because if you really break it down for when he's performed what, half a season that nobody had any questions about Tua? Because under Brian Flores' entire tenure there with Tua, his first few seasons there, 
you had questions about how good he actually was. You had questions about Tua's arm strength consistently and over and over again. You, the only thing you didn't question with Tua was the accuracy, which is the one thing that we kept getting fed over and over, but it almost felt like at a certain point that it was like a D, uh, Dolphins PR campaign. Then you saw it finally with the entrance of Mike McDaniel and also with the health of Tua and no backup truly breathing down his neck because he had that whole weird thing with Fitzpatrick earlier in his career as well. Well, this felt like his season this past season and then the injuries with the concussions and the lack of availability because the concussions start adding up. He's a quarterback that we think of as injury prone, Max, because it stems back to college and he was such a high profile quarterback in college, even though not all the injuries have been the same injury. Maybe it's not completely fair to him, but there are real, real concerns. There have always been real concerns with Tua concerning his availability, and that's why they're not going to extend him. And if you don't extend a quarterback and he's on a fifth year option there's a ton of pressure on that dude because otherwise the message there is we're probably moving on well look in terms of the availability he did he came into the league with certain injury issues and sometimes that happens especially in this day and age to a not so tall and also not so fast even if he's mobile quarterback right that's the danger but as far as I'm concerned he's answered the questions in terms of his his body, the issue for me has been, and I, I'm wondering what the, the blowback on Mike McDaniel has been, or even if he was, if it was uh, presumed that he was under pressure to play Tua. But to me, the issue is the concussion. I've watched you know the fight game long enough to know if a fighter rushes back sometimes from head trauma, you know, um, he his he can almost be like rewired. Where if he gets knocked out again after that, every time he gets hit, he's reacting as though he's, you know, in a fog. His legs go. And Tua, for me, the real issue was the first thing was clearly a neurological event. Are you a doctor? Do you know it's a concussion? No, but see that right there we just showed on ESPN2? That's a neurological event going on right there. That ain't his, oh, it's his back. I'm cringing. I'm cringing rewatching the videos on ESPN2 because every time his head slams into that turf just slams he keeps he consistently has an issue with that but max but if wait, that is on, correctable Amber, so so what i'm asking is after that first one four days later on a short week it was like a hundred hours later he's back in the game and that time when his head hit you said the one that you're cringing at his fingers were splayed and rigid right it looked like i've you know a fighter getting knocked out viciously that is what I'm concerned about. Is there a sense that Mike McDaniel was under pressure from the organization to play him? Was that his call? I mean, in Miami, are the fans, is there any consternation toward the front office or toward the coach that they allowed that to happen? Because now I think I have legitimate concern about his availability going forward based on that. What happens the next time, you know, the, the euphemism is he gets his bell rung, right? I think that we were done with that conversation, right? Like we've had that conversation. The NFL changes rules because of what happened there with Tua. Now you have the independent evaluator looking at all of these hits in addition to the doctors and they have to be cleared and there's even more protocol. So I feel like we had that conversation. Everybody was hypercritical of the Miami Dolphins and how they handled that situation with Tua. And listen, the Dolphins also don't want to risk the long-term health of their quarterback. I feel like that's what's missed here. Why would you want to? I understand that that we... That was what? so. That was what was so odd about it, you know. 
Like, why would they make the decision to let him back out? on Much like KD, I mentioned earlier in the show. Oh, it's his calf. Stop, everyone. Everyone knows what an Achilles looks like. Then he goes out there. You're like, wait, what are you doing? And it snaps, right? Same sort of thing where, the, where they're like, no, no, it's this. The whole world is like, no, it's that. Then four days later, it's clearly that. And now his future's in, up in the air. It's bizarre. I agree with you. Why would they want to risk it? And yet they seem to be willing to. And that's saying something since Mike McDaniel had been so outstanding as a head coach till that point. I mean, I think you're listening to your medical professionals, right? I think you're trusting your medical professionals. We know that there's some flaws in that system. The reality is, though, they're trying to address it this offseason. It is the way that to a fault seems to be the problem there, and they feel like they can correct that. He's been taking the jiu-jitsu. He's been learning to fall differently. We'll see if, in fact, they can actually correct that. But you know if there is that contact with the turf and he looks like that again, it will certainly be handled more cautiously moving forward, even just from a PR perspective. Nevertheless, the long-term health of the future of their franchise if he can dance between the raindrops the Dolphins can win the Super Bowl that's how good they are that's how good he looked last year but but the question is in the sport in a 17 week season in the NFL I don't mean he's out for two or three weeks you have Mike White that's a nice backup I mean another neurological event takes place right then it's like oh my god and and if not for that I think certainly they'd be one of my top three or four teams to win the Super Bowl but I gotta see it Anyway, the heat missed out on Bradley Beal. will stay in Miami for a second. But in fact, he's going to Phoenix. So, But what's next for the heat? Keyshawn J. Willemax, Amber Wilson, KJM. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two. Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again. By visiting electricebikes.com. That's L E C T R I C ebikes.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. Amber Wilson in for the guys on this Juneteenth. But the man has me working. I guess it's, that's right. You know what? White people get to work today. For crying Feels out. fair. That's right. Hey, uh, Amber, the Heat missed out on Bradley Beal. And if anyone's thinking, oh, Amber's on the show and she's down there and so we're talking a lot of Miami, really geniuses, you figured that out? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> As we, have we local should. knowledge. Amber, what is next for the Heat or what is thought to be next, at least for where you are? 
Damian Lillard. I mean, that's it, right? And there was a lot of damage control coming from the Miami Heat organization yesterday. There were a lot of beat writers reporting that the Heat are going to be zeroing in on Damian Lillard. I mean, they were doing that very clearly coinciding with the Bradley Beal news because the reality is it looks like Pat Riley tried to get Kevin Durant. It came down to the Heat and the Suns. Katie ends up with the Suns. Pat Riley, it looks like, tried to get Bradley Beal. It came down to the Heat and the Suns. Beal ends up with the Suns. Ishbia taking Pat Riley's lunch money right now from that perspective. Now, there were beat writers out of Miami yesterday who were reporting that the Heat just weren't aggressive enough, that they did make an offer for Beal, but they were never very aggressive, that it wasn't that Beal chose the Suns over the Heat, that that wasn't it as well, even though he had that no trade clause. It was just that the Heat weren't so aggressive, and the philosophy behind that is they weren't so aggressive for the dude who still had $207 million left on his contract because... Because they're trying to keep all their assets to go after Damian Lillard. Now, the caveat here, Max, Damian Lillard ain't available right now. At the moment, it appears that he is not. But look, when he's on a podcast saying Brian Custer asks him point blank, would you rather go here, here, here and lists the possible destinations or likely destinations? And it's out of his mouth like a shot. Oh, obviously the heat, right? He's laughing about it, like clearly the heat. Of course, heat fans are going to be like, okay. Dame wants to come here. Now, Bradley Beal's agent, Mark Bartlestein, is the father of the Suns' CEO, Josh Bartlestein. So that could have something to, you know, whether or not it does, people will connect those dots. You know, a guy's hired all of a sudden to be in a certain situation, and there's a close familial relationship to a guy's agent, and then that's where the guy ends up. You know, you, 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 people will connect the dots. Front office sports, Bradley Beal's agent, Mark Bartlestein, Phoenix Suns CEO, Josh Bartlestein's Mark's son, right? But I mean, it's the, it's the father of your agent. It was agent. a recent hire, too. What's it's not, that? It's not like it, it's the father of your agent. It's not like it's your father, <laughs> like with what happened with the New York You don't think York that could Knicks, have an influence, right? Amber? I mean, I, from a communication perspective, maybe. Like your agent can be like, oh, hey, my, my dad's up there. You know, he's a great guy. Let me introduce you at some point along the line. Maybe there could be some sort of relationship, I suppose, that develops or just a trust factor because you're linked to that family. But I don't think you're going to an organization. If they don't have because, KD and Devin Booker. <laughs> right. Like he's not going to the organization because his agent's dad's there. Let's be real. Like he's going to the organization because it's Kevin Durant and because it's Devin Booker. I mean, he's not even going to the organization period dependent on who the CEO is. but isn't That's that reality isn't, isn't that part of the whole thing like I, I, I think it has I think that absolutely can be a determining factor if it's close between two teams because that's the guy whispering in your ear but your agent but I do agree with this I this thought or at least I have this thought Amber you tell me what you think I so if I'm a player and I have a choice and I think both places give me a reasonable chance to win a championship one I have to go, and they're known for, you're going to work your tail off, right? We are, don't have the most talent, but oh my God, we work so hard, we're going to get it done, and our best player is Jimmy Butler. Versus, you can go to another place, warm weather, by the way, no tax, they like the whole thing, and Kevin Durant and Devin Booker are there. And so there's so much, obviously you have to put in a lot of work in order to get to be as good as those guys, but there is more natural talent there. And you are a talented player. And oh my God, I can go play in the sunshine with two other worldly players. You know, on the heat, there's a, Beal is easily the best offensive player. 
And on the Suns, he's the third best offensive player. You know, I think that also has a lot to do with it. It's kind of like, I don't want to undersell the amount of work it takes to be Kevin Durant or Devin Booker, but it's like easier, purer talent on that team and more grinding and and just outworking everyone on the Heat. I could see why it's more appealing to go to Phoenix. Do you want to be the third best at something, though, on the team? Or do you want to be the best at something on the team? I mean, that's a different decision for every single player. Some dudes want to be that guy. And certainly he would have been that guy in terms of offensive production, like Mm -hmm. you just alluded to. Jimmy Butler is the guy. Like, he is the one. He is the guy on that team. He is going to be the face of that team no matter who joins that team. But offensively, you're right. I don't know if it's an attraction to Bradley Beal to not be one of the best offensive players on the team. If you want to have that conversation with Phoenix, ultimately, apparently it is. I just think uh, there was a lot of factors that went into this. Again, Miami Heat beat writers are reporting too that the Heat weren't that aggressive. And so it came down to where the Wizards were getting the better deal. What's hard to stomach from that perspective as a Heat fan is what less could we have offered than what Phoenix (laughs) offered? Like, how much worse could it have been than what Phoenix... No pick swaps! Just the second round pick! I mean, serious. Or maybe you just couldn't stomach the thought of having Kyle Lowry? Is that what's happening if you're the Washington Well, actually, I was listening to the radio this morning, and this uh, very informed broadcaster, Amber Wilson, uh, pointed out that Bradley Beal, in fact, has only averaged 50 games played a season the last three years. So, Amber, given the size of the contract and the number of games he's been available for, maybe Pat Riley and them are thinking if we get him for a song, but nothing less. Well, and not a team that enjoys being in the luxury tax. And you're seeing with Phoenix, they don't give a hoot about that luxury tax, right? They will be at the very, very top end of it. And yes, they will have less flexibility because of it under that CBA. But this is an owner willing to spend. Tax the heck out of me as long as I have the big names in my early tenureship as the owner of this team. And that's a very different story down in Miami. A team that was just in the NBA Finals with a bunch of undrafted dudes. I mean, that's the reality of it like if you're the heat you're thinking we can create this magic without the 207 million that you have to commit to Bradley Beal a dude who hasn't been available in the last five years yes he had back-to-back 82 seasons it's been something like five years since he did that the last few years he certainly has not been available for the entire season not even close nowadays a guy plays 82 games the next year you're almost guaranteed he's hurt somehow MJ ninety-eight nine times played eighty-two games. You know, best player on both sides oh, of the floor. You sound, you but somehow so nowadays right you now. play eighty-two games. LeBron uh, since then he played eighty all eighty-two games one time, and since then he is fifty games, forty-nine games, whatever Kids it is. These Same days. thing with Bla- Bradley Beal. Get off my lawn. That's Same what thing you're with doing Bradley right Beal. It's right. Well, and Bradley Beal has been doing dealing with injuries. In fairness to Bradley Beal, he's also been on the Washington Wizards. Yeah, so maybe right. The motivation to get and, out there and, ain't quite the same as it's about to be in Phoenix. No doubt. And also the level of intensity in all sports goes up year over year. It gets more and more competitive and they're going 100 miles an hour on every play. Same reason pitchers arms are falling off in Major League Baseball. It's more intense now than it used to be. All right. Where does Chris Paul land now? He's part of that deal. They're looking to maybe expand the deal so he can land with a contender. KJM. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space 
to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. The Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max Podcast. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, ESPN Radio. So Bradley Beal is in Phoenix or heading to Phoenix. What does that mean for Chris Paul? Amber Wilson in for the guys on this Juneteenth. So Chris Paul, the interesting thing is when he's on the court, his production is actually still very good. The the issue throughout his career has been given his size and his usage rate and just bad luck. He's frequently not healthy and available in the playoffs when you need him most. And Bradley Beal is eight years younger. The Washington Wizards are finalizing the trade to send three-time All-Star guard Bradley Beal to Phoenix for a package expected. As I mentioned, Chris Paul, Landry Shamit, several second-round picks, pick swaps, sources told ESPN. The deal could take a few days to be completed as the Wizards will be allowed to field offers to widen the deal to a three-team trade to give Chris Paul a chance to land with a contender. So where does he land and how much interest do you have in actually being part of that deal, like if you're a fan base of a certain team? Amber, I, I still think Chris Paul, especially if there's a buyout or it, it, you know the, the, the acquiring team doesn't really have to pay him, it, in that case he becomes extremely attractive because even if you, he starts and closes the game, you could limit his minutes to 20, 25 minutes a game and have him healthy for the playoffs for like the first time in his career basically. Then he'd become a very attractive commodity in my view. Where are you with Chris Paul? I mean, where I am at with Chris Paul is that he's 38 years old. He's certainly not in his prime anymore, but there's going to be a market for a guy who's a superstar in this league, no matter at what point in his career he's at. Some of it is going to depend, like you just said, because I know Woj was reporting that the reason that this deal was being held up a little bit with Phoenix was because they were trying to figure out if they could bring in a third team to facilitate a trade there for CP3. He wants to go to a contender, Woj said, in that reporting. And you would imagine at this point in his career, of course he wants to be on a contender. He was just on a contender. There will be contenders interested in Chris Paul, even if he's not the player he once was. You're talking about a player that averaged almost 14 points per game, 4.3 
boards, about nine assists, 59 games this past season, shooting 44% from the floor, about 38% from deep. Chris Paul still has something left to give a team, but what is going to remain to be seen? Now, there's a lot of talk right now about the Clippers, right? Because, of course, he spent a lot of years there with the Clippers, and this is what we do in the NBA. If it worked six, seven years ago, then why can't it work now, right? And he would be joining two players that also have massive injury concerns. I don't really see the attraction with the Clippers, but I understand when Chris Paul was part of his best, he was there with that organization. Certainly they have a lot of affection there for Chris Paul. And if he was healthy, if you had Paul George, Kawhi and Chris Paul all healthy, fine. But any of these teams that we throw out there with CP3 seems to be an issue with how much is he going to be able to give you in the postseason? Is he going to be healthy? That particular team, you're talking about that with all of the stars on that team. Yeah, by the way, a couple things. It didn't work the first time with the Clippers. It did not. They never got out of the second round. Well, he, right. he was Lob great. City but yeah. and everything. They never got out of the second round. They had some playoff collapses, right? He was the best player on the team, and it just didn't work. Mm-hmm. Um, and going back to the Clippers – it worked look good with Westbrook. You know, they needed a guy like Westbrook on that team, and it looked good with him. Um, the Lakers, to me, have always made the most sense for Chris Paul and for the Lakers, provided that he comes basically free. You know, if there's a buyout or if there's some situation where you're really not having to pay the guy, then you can keep your roster and add a floor general point guard who can score at all three levels. Chris Paul's got the mid-range. He could, you know, they give him five steps to the basket, so that helps when he turns the corner. And, and he can shoot from distance. So he gives you spacing and, and basketball IQ. And if it comes basically free for the Lakers, why would they not do that and keep the guys that they like? And again, the pitch would be to Chris Paul, you're going to start games, you're going to close games. You're not going to play as many minutes as you're used to because you're 38 years old and we'd like you to win a championship. We'd like to win a championship. The way to do that is to have you healthy in the playoffs. We'd like to maximize, optimize the chances that that could happen. But that, to me, always has made the most sense. A team looking for a a, a point guard who can take some pressure off LeBron, not looking to break the bank on that guy, and a guy who looking for a championship and one of the banana boat guy, he wants to play with LeBron, right? That to me makes sense, Amber. It makes Right. Sense. So either way, he's ending up in LA and either way, he's ending up with a team where the other two superstars also have a problem yeah. staying healthy. I mean, yeah. that's the reality yeah, of it. So now we're load managing AD, we're load managing LeBron and we're load managing CP3. From a basketball perspective, though, I agree with you. If in fact he gets waived, with the Athletic was reporting the Lakers would be interested if in fact he gets waived. You have D'Angelo Russell, you have Dennis Schroeder becoming free agents you really have this D'Angelo summer. D'Angelo Russell, Amber, do you, you don't? Really want do you him need back an upgrade? Of course, you don't. That's the point. Is those guys are free agents? You need an upgrade at the point guard position, and Chris Paul will be the ball handler that you want. If if. If he can stay healthy and if you can get him for next to nothing. Plus, nobody loves a superstar on the back end of their career who he's friends with more than LeBron James. He just wants to play with all of his old buddies. Him and CP3, obviously really close. Yeah, it's true. Now, Van Exel, Van Exel, I just said. Uh, Fred Van Vliet um, is another guy whose name comes up. And at the right price, he would be amazing. Better, the, younger. Yeah, he's really good. And, and, and I think part of the appeal to a lot of people, not Kyrie Irving, doesn't come with the same, uh, I, I don't want to say off-court, yeah, I'd say off-court distractions. Kyrie seems as though he is looking for 
causes larger than himself and bigger than basketball. And Van Vliet just looks like a worker who's going to come up and help you win. I think that at least is fair or not. That's, and I think there is some fairness to that, but there's a perception of that around the league. But I, I think also there's a sense that maybe Van Vliet comes cheaper than a guy like Kyrie. If that is not the case, he becomes a lot less attractive. Again, you wind up looking at Chris Paul and going, man, D'Angelo Russell's a non-starter in L.A. He was, not, he was unplayable on both sides of the floor when they needed him most, right? If D'Angelo Russell was even a pretty good player in the playoffs for L.A., who knows what would have happened in that Denver series. They were competitive games, all, even though they got swept all four of them. But he, you got to move on from D'Angelo Russell. That frees up some money. And if you don't have to, if, if that money can go, those resources can go to keeping guys like Austin Reeves and Hachimura, who played very well, and you could just add a guy like Chris Paul, I, I understand that that's attractive. I don't know that that puts the Lakers over the top in terms of competing with the Nuggets and now maybe the Suns. But I don't know if any anything does, right? I don't know of any of these names that would be available to the Lakers. I mean, they certainly don't have unlimited resources here. If I was a Lakers fan, I would be more excited about the prospect of Van Vliet mm-hmm. than I would about CP3. Sure. Just because we're talking about a dude in his 20s. We're talking about a guy who I think is a very, very good player. I think he'd be an excellent fit there. No, but he Amber, doesn't have the friendship with apples. LeBron. But Amber, it's I not. Want, let me, let me, before we get out of here on this segment, let me put it to you like this. Van Vliet is not apples to apples with Chris Paul. If it means, in your opinion, Van Vliet, but you have to lose Reeves and Hachimura, or at least one of them, or Chris Paul and you keep everyone, what do you like then? Well, so that's the key, right? Yes, I I can understand if you can keep everybody and Chris Paul, then we're talking. But man, Van Vliet feels like more of a difference maker to me because of his age, because of what you could get out of him for years. With CP3, you're going to be in a situation where you're like, we have to hit on it this year or bust. Also, there's this whole thing out there with LeBron. Like, is he going to be on the Lakers after this season? Are you trying to make things more attractive in LA for LeBron, even though he's approaching four? 40 years old, would Van Vliet do that? And it, it relieves some of that pressure because he's a much younger guy and a really good player. I mean, there's a lot of factors there, obviously, to consider. If you're the Lakers, I would be strongly considering the addition of Van Vliet. Also a clutch client. Yeah, I, I agree. Van Vliet, if he could be had and you could keep either Reeves or Hachimura, right. that might be the move. Should Michael Jordan's ineptitude as an owner affect the way we perceive him overall you know in the goat conversation boy lebron stands will try anything but let's try <laughs> this Keyshawn j will max amber wilson in for key and j on this juneteenth espn radio passion drive and patience the formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive ebay motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.
For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. The irony of Michael Jordan is that he turned out to be the Michael Jordan of bad owners. <laughs> like the Michael Jordan of something. Once upon a time in sports, it was the 27 Yankees. Then it was the 85 Bears, like things that meant the greatest ever. The Michael Jordan of something worldwide means you're the best ever at what you do. He is the Michael Jordan of bad owners. Has there, like, has there been That's a... That's not fair. I mean, he's not he's a worse. Daniel Snyder type, right? I mean, well, I can name a lot of owners that are worse for a I mean, lot of other reasons. I mean, competitively, Amber. Just competitively? Yeah, he's the Michael Jordan of bad owners. I don't think anyone was worse competitively than Michael Jordan during his tenure. There's a lot of owners that are not competitive. I mean, look at what's happening right now with the Oakland A's. But he was not a good owner In overall. basketball? Who was a worse owner than Michael Jordan? Well... In basketball, again, if we're just talking about the competition on the court, because there's been questionable things in the NBA as well, just yeah, the competition on the court, on the court on fine. The court. He's, he's, he's not, uh, not so – his tenure in Charlotte has not worked out very well from so a competitive showing, perspective. I will concede there. Amber, on ESPN2, winning percentage, 26th in the league. Playoff appearances tied for 28th. There are only 30 teams in the league. Playoff wins tied for 28th. I guess that makes the point. He's like the second or third worst owner over that <laughs> over that time. Oh, my God. He was a putrid owner. He agreed to sh- sell his majority stake in the Charlotte Hornets to a group led by Gabe Plotkin and Rick Schnall for a p- approximately a $3 billion valuation, according to league sources. The transaction ends Jordan's 13-year run as majority owner. Now, of course, as a player... In spite of the misperception of LeBron fans, he's clearly the greatest of all time. Six-time NBA champion, never lost a playoff series that he was favored to win ever. Uh, The one against the Pistons when Pippen got a migraine in game seventh. I don't remember who was the favorite there. Anyway... He's, Didn't go to nearly as many NBA finals. I mean, he went every single time he had a... Ch- every single time Jordan played with a single other all-star. He won the finals in, er- in under seven games, Amber. Every time. Mm-hmm. Like, all that, well, he had to learn how to win is utter nonsense. He literally didn't play with a single other all-star. Different yet, era. Yet consistently made the playoffs and was going bananas in the playoffs, but wasn't playing with anyone. Then they gave him Scottie Pippen. Scottie Pippen's first all-star game, first all-star appearance, still pre-prime, but he made the all-star team. They took the defending champion Pistons seven games. Pippen got a migraine in game seven, scored two points. In other words, Jordan was without another all-star. So they lost. The only You've other never time sounded he lost, younger. You've never sounded younger, Max, the than only, you sound right now. <laughs> the only other time he lost is when he came back from playing baseball, didn't have his legs, and they lost in, in, to, the, to the Magic. Mm-hmm. That was it. Other, otherwise, every time, every single time, you gave yeah, him you know, a single other all-star, he smote the league. He smoked them. He destroyed everybody. Destroyed them. You know who never had to leave to play another sport? You know, leave to play another sport, air quotes there. Uh, that LeBron James guy. He didn't ever have to leave the league for any reason. All the metrics, Amber. Forget about all the extra stuff. Jordan doesn't need the, oh, look at the sneaker sales. All the metrics say in his prime he was the greatest player of all time. 
Like, he hit the highest peak. So if we want to talk career value, no one's going to touch LeBron. The best argument is Kareem, right? Those guys played an incredibly high level for an incredibly long time. If you're talking about peak value sustained for a reasonable period of time, say 10 years or more, come on. What are we talking about? And I mean, yet- MJ is the greatest to me too, Max, but you and I are about the same age, I think, right? And, and so much of this conversation is always generational, but none of this conversation has anything to do with Michael Jordan as an owner. Because if you're entrenched in your position like you are, that MJ is the greatest of all time, you think he's the greatest of all time, regardless of anything he did in Charlotte. That's the reality of it. And if LeBron goes on to be the greatest owner ever in the history of the NBA, you're still going to think MJ is the best player player of all time. I'm actually waiting for a guy to be greater than MJ. I was thinking like, hey, if Giannis improves his handles 15% and shoots 15% better, could he be? I'd love to see the guy supplant him and and just LeBron ain't it. But LeBron came closest to me anyway. Um, But as an owner, oh my God. Like here's an opportunity for LeBron to say, wait a minute, if LeBron, when LeBron eventually owns a team, which is pretty clear is what's going to happen, he has a chance to be like, hold on. I played much longer than MJ. I played at nearly the same level in my, at my peak. I played, um, I made everyone around me better all the time. I dragged teams that were pathetic without me to the finals. Of course, you can't win without another all-star, like no one, including MJ. And then on top of that, stood up for issues off the court, not as it relates to China, but for other things, right? He gets credit for that. And eventually goes on to be a successful owner He'll, he'll be like the way Jerry West is to the Lakers. You could argue the most important figure in the history of the Lakers is, in fact, Jerry West. Because as a player, he was not quite Kobe or Magic, but not that far off. And then he was one of the greatest executives, maybe the greatest executive in the history of American team sports. Right? Like you kind of add it all up. LeBron has an opportunity here, Amber. He has an opportunity. I mean, if we're having the off the court conversation, LeBron's already surpassed MJ, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, there's been zero controversy or nearly zero. You mentioned China. They're fine, but there's been nearly zero controversies in LeBron James's entire career. And I'm talking stemming back to high school. I mean, that man was a child star. He grew up under the limelight as much as any other child star in that sport ever has. And for him to have such a lack of issues, such a lack of controversy in his life, also during the social media age, we see what's happening with John Morant and everybody else out here. It is remarkable that LeBron has been able to do what he's been able to do when he does all the right things off the court as well with his charities and everything else a family guy all that stuff LeBron off the court already wins and so this is more off the court stuff to me right where yes he may end up being a much better executive and the path is paved for him to be a much better executive in this league than Michael Jordan because MJ wasn't particularly good at it as an owner but at the same time I again I don't think it has any bearing on the real conversation about these two guys because the conversation about these two guys centers on basketball because if we're having a conversation about something other than basketball LeBron's already the greatest right but but Amber it's not exactly that I agree that that LeBron's ability the fact that the line the spotlight's been on him as intensely as it has since he's 15 and he's been exemplary no one's perfect but oh my god how much more perfect do you want to be and and not just not stepping in it but but putting himself squarely in the spotlight during controversial or, or important moments in, in uh, uh, American popular culture and even American history, social 
political history is amazing that he's made positive contributions. Forget about just not stepping in it. But I do think what he does as an owner is different because that does affect what happens on the court. So if you're an owner or a GM, it doesn't affect your reputation as a player. But as a basketball figure, I don't think that's the same as simply expanding the business, selling sneakers, being a part of a social movement or anything like that. I think it's different. The reason I brought up Jerry West is because his behavior as an executive led to Lakers championships. If LeBron James adds to his resume by owning a team and being successful in winning championships as a player, no. But as a winner in basketball history, yes, I think he gets extra points for that. He wouldn't be doing it as the president, though, of the team, right? Like, if he's the GM, it's a different story. See what I do? I leave you not enough. You left me 10 seconds. Now we've got five. i use up some of that. Amber Wilson in for me and JKJ. That's how you win an argument. Well done. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Matt's The Podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.